Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening and welcome to the show. It's Urban Lee, host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. I want to take a moment to say hello and anchor us in the Word of God. And before I do that, though, I want to invite the power of the Holy Spirit in. So I'm going to say a prayer. Father God, who's in heaven, we pray for your will to be done today in and through me. Let me speak nothing of myself, but only that which the Holy Spirit speaks in and through me. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a long couple of weeks, and I want to anchor us in a a scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. And it says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I read that scripture and I pray that scripture on a daily basis because more than ever before, We are being called to stand strong, stand firm in our faith. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord in trials, tribulations, and trusting the Lord to recover me. I remember being in rehab and The decision I had to make was, will I trust God? Will I trust that God can heal me, restore me, revive me, renew me? And that was the question, quite honestly, I didn't know the answer to. I did not know the answer to. What I had was a lot of information about God, what God could do. I had belief in his ability. But I'd never been so far down in the pit of when I was in my active alcoholism and when I ended up in rehab. And that was the first question I had to to really, truly answer to begin my healing was, will I trust God? And that's the question that we all, if we're honest with ourselves, that's the question that we must ask ourselves daily. Because the love of God, the power of God, and the presence of God should not be extinguished or diminished because we have present trials, tribulations, problems, burdens, and concerns. Because there is nothing too big for God. There is nothing. There is no addiction, no problem, no circumstance. That is too big for God. And the thing that I had to reconcile within myself was when I was in alcoholism, I felt like it was a surprise to God that I was struggling with alcohol. Well, the truth is God knows your your present, your past, and he knows your future. And the wonderful thing that I learned and God revealed to me in my alcoholism was Son, I'm not looking at you as you are now. I'm looking at you holy and blameless because you're in Christ. You're a new creation. I'm looking at who you are going to become through the process of sanctification. 
that I'm going to take you through. Yes, was there pain in the process and pain in the process of God doing his work, conforming me to the character of Christ? I got to raise my hand and say yes to that. And one of the things the enemy tried to use against me during the process of God's continued healing and recovery from alcoholism was the fatigue of having to go through the process. But the process is what brought me my recovery through Christ Jesus. And if I didn't go through the process, then I wouldn't have my healing. So people, one of the big questions I get is, are you really healed? Are you really healed from alcoholism? My answer is yes. Is God not bigger than alcohol? Yes, he is. But here's how my healing works. And I had to learn this, right? Because um, the Lord revealed this to me. And I said, well, Lord, am I really truly healed? And the answer through the Holy Spirit was yes, but it's a daily healing. It's a daily healing. So for 24 hours, I wake up and I'm healed. And I have to what? The fundamental question of life. Will I trust God today? Well, for almost five years, I've trusted God that I'm healed from alcohol. Well, every day, though, I have to walk in my rhythm of recovery. The Lord healing us, the Lord leading, guiding, counseling, enabling, equipping, empowering us does not equate to inaction. It does not equate to inaction. We have to take steps of faith. And the Bible says, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And one of the things that he makes clear in that scripture is that fear is a spirit. It does not come from the Lord. It comes from our enemy. And our enemy will, what if you, and suppose this happens. He used those two tactics and now two phrases on me all the time. What if, what if, what if, what if, and suppose this happens, right? And what I've come to learn is that's the way he would try to keep me in bondage and in, enslaved to bad habits and inaction. One of the ways that we fail to overcome whatever addiction we're dealing with is when we're paralyzed by our emotions. When we are paralyzed by our emotions, because we spend so much time in our head trying to figure it out, trying to understand why and how, when we need to be looking at the who, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have to go back, stop and realize who indwells those who love the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of the living God lives inside of you. Think about that for one moment. Meditate on that because I have to keep coming back to that. I have to keep coming back to that because people meet me and they say, oh man, you, you, you really did it. You really did it. And I have to correct them and say, what I did was surrender my life over to Jesus Christ so that he could live his life in and through me 
And he does that by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me, he started to change my desires. And I learned and I am learning to walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. Our world teaches us to live by our emotions. World teaches us to do what we want to do, whatever our body says, whatever it craves, give it to it. And for me, that was alcohol. So my desires in my flesh was anytime anything arose was to cover it up, to deal with it with alcohol. And that changed the way I felt. So I developed some ungodly habits, some bad habits, right? So I could not in my own power fix any of those problems. And believe me, I had a lot of them and I tried many times to fix them on my own. But what I found out was I could do anything for a short period of time. But then here comes the trials and tribulations, the burdens of life. My emotions become overwhelmed. And then I'm walking in my flesh and I'm satisfying my flesh and I would succumb to drinking again, those other bad habits that you guys have heard me talk about. But the thing that I learned is when I relaxed and said, Holy Spirit, on a daily basis, come into my life and take over, create in me and in my heart, a clean heart, clean habits. Give me power over my alcoholism. Give me, teach me, lead me, guide me in the process of walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. And oh, by the way, please give me the courage to be strong and courageous in the power of the Lord and knowing that it was not going to be by my fleshly power, but by the spirit of the living God that lives inside of me to help me overcome our three enemies. And people say, well, three enemies, we have three enemies. Yes, we do. And let me break them down to you. One is your flesh. And if you go to the Bible, it tells you the flesh will not obey God. And it says it never will obey God. It never has obeyed God. So our flesh, our fleshly desires, the things we see, the things we taste, our emotions, our soul, mind, will, and emotions, the integration of the three, they're so important. It's so important what we feed our soul. Um, and we have to understand our flesh. Our flesh is going to, if we allow it, it is going to try to control us, tell us what we need. And most of what the flesh tells us that we need, in all honesty, is not good for us. It's not godly and it's not the way God desires for his children to live. And our other enemy is the world. The world that we live in tells us all that we are self-made. Fulfill your desires. Be the best you you can be, be anything that you want to be. And that's all fleshly and that you are self-made, you're self-willed, you're self-motivated. 
And I have found that to be an utter lie. I tried it. And let me save you the trouble of trying to live a self-will life. Because where it ends is in deep despair, sin, shame. And for me, it got me a one a ticket for 31 days in Valley Hope Rehab Center where I had to come to grips with all of the things that the world had convinced me. The American dream became an American nightmare. So if you really want to know how to live and to walk in the power, love and sound mind, uh, self-discipline, that's all found in the word of God, the Holy Bible. And then let me talk about our last enemy. And that is Satan. I think his greatest deception is he has convinced the world that he does not exist. He has convinced the world that he does not exist. Even confessing Christians and those who are followers of Jesus Christ rarely do we acknowledge him. Rarely do we talk to each other about the warfare that he conducts in our lives and our families. And oh yes, even in our churches, right? He's at an all out war. The Bible says to you, he comes to kill, steal and destroy. And one of his greatest tactics is he distracts. He is distracting and deceiving the world right now. He speeds everybody up. The world is so busy that people can't even have a conversation with you. People can't and don't even really listen to you. Hey, how are you? And before you can get out the good or whatever's going on with you, they are on to the next thing. And I noticed that. And we have to slow ourselves down and understand and be aware of the three enemies and the three voices that when we go to make any decision that are communicating to us in our mind. And that's the enemy, the world, and the flesh. So every morning I get up and I say, Lord, give me power over the flesh, the enemy, and the world. And do not let me walk in ways that are contrary to the word of God. And so my sobriety, I will say to you, I owe to my daily surrender to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I had to learn to relax. That's a word I really don't hear a lot. Um, And the Bible says rest. I have to rest in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because within my own, I'm not able to stay sober. But within the power that lives in me, the Holy Spirit, I can relax and know that he's going to lead me. Well, what does that mean? People say, practically, what does that mean? That means that he's going to tell me what I should do, where I should go, what desires to have. My job then is once I'm surrendered and I'm walking in the Spirit, is to surrender to his promptings, surrender to his voice. And one of the things that I try to teach all the guys I work with and myself, because I'm still learning this stuff too, right? 
is listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. So he's never going to overrule your will, but he will communicate to you if you are alert and you're listening to to him. He'll lead you. He guides you. He counsels you. And I love one translation of the Bible says the comforter, the comforter. So we're all going through things. Anyone who tells you they are not, that's not true. We're all going through something and we're all having addictions and challenges in our life and habits, right? Habits, bad habits that need to be changed. And we struggle with them year after year after year. And we wonder like, Lord, why won't you just heal me of that? Well, the healing I have found, even with my alcoholism and some other things the Lord's working with me on, it comes in the process, right? The healing is the process and you grow through what you go through. You grow through what you go through, right? My growth Part of it has come from alcohol and alcoholism. If the Lord would have told me on the front end that I'm going to change it and I'm going to make you a better man, I'm going to make you a man of God, I would have said, oh, yeah, that sounds great. But if he would have shown me the process and the path of what I would have had to go through to be the man of God that I am now, I probably would have said, let me just stay just like I am. Because although, you know, sometimes I I laugh and I smile and I make light of it. In all honesty, I suffered. I suffered a lot physically, emotionally, uh, in my soul. uh, And more importantly, I watched my loved ones suffer a lot as I was going through the process. But in the process was my progress was my healing, was my change, was my, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And then the Lord revealed himself to me in a way that I could never know the Lord unless I go through the healing of my alcoholism. Because I tell people all the time, I knew a lot about God. I was raised in the church, but To know God for myself, he had to reveal himself through my alcoholism. Because when it really got real and it got down to it, and I'm in that rehab for 31 days, there was no mama, no daddy, no wife, no business. I had to stand. Actually, I had to kneel before the Lord God myself and say, you are all I got. And I need you. I done messed up. I done totally destroyed the life you gave me. But I know you're good. And I know you're faithful. And I know you're going to change me. And I know you're going to save me. And I know in your word, sometimes you got to pray God's word back to God. And I had enough scripture in me and I knew enough. I knew that there was a scripture that said, You will never leave me and you will never forsake me. I knew that. So I prayed that back to him. You said, God, in your word that you would never leave me and that you would never forsake me. You cannot lie. You do not change. So I don't know when you're coming and I don't know how it all works. I ain't got it all figured out. I have it. And I loved it because that was a real prayer. 
come get me, Lord. What? It, it wasn't long. It wasn't drawn out. Listen, my prayer was come get me, Lord. And you said in your word, I reminded him of his word, not being disrespectful, but straight reminding him that you are a faithful God. And that is what God wants. Humble yourself. Come to him and say, this is too much for me, but it's the right size for the big God that I serve. I can't do it. But you've given me your spirit who it says in his word will lead, guide, counsel, comfort, enable, empower you to overcome whatever it is, including drug and alcohol addiction that you are struggling with. So I want you to remember that when you are going through something. Faith is something that is not static. It is not static. And you don't need faith when things are going well. I, and I, you, 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 you always want it, but you got to activate it. And when you activate it is when the trial, the tribulation, the addiction, the alcoholism is bigger than you. You call on the Lord, my God. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. I'm your host, Irvin Lee. You can learn more about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com and Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. I want to continue with our topic. Really, it's being rooted in the faith and the ability to endure and persevere. Many times I'm, I'm asked about how do you keep your faith and how do you persevere? Well, the way to persevere is to persevere. And the importance of persevering starts with how we compartmentalize our life. We are to live our life one day at a time. Now, they taught me that in AA, but if you really examine the Bible, the Bible tells you take no thoughts of tomorrow for tomorrow has its own trouble. That's basically the Lord thy God saying, live your life one day at a time. And sometimes life gets so tough that it has to be lived moment by moment. There are just days, even in my recovery where I am just living and holding on moment by moment. And I think I've done that a lot the last few weeks 
of where I'm just one moment at a time. Lord, get me through this moment. Lord, Holy Spirit, empower me. Um, where I'm talking and encouraging myself. And let me just kind of sit here for a minute. There are going to be times in your life when there's no one but you and the Holy Spirit. And you have to encourage yourself. I am a big fan of that. And that is knowing who you are in Christ and repeating that back to yourself. Knowing who you are in Christ and repeating and praying his word back to him. So I want you to always do positive affirmations about who you are in Christ to yourself. And I want to leave you with this. The love, I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.